millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To get the news first, subscribe now to Squawk 7000 on your favorite podcast platform. On this episode of Squawk 7000, Lillian Bland, that's a name for you to think about. She was an aviator who flew for the first time in 1910, becoming one of the first women in the British Isles to take an aircraft into the air. Why am I marking that? Because our guest this evening is going to talk to us about women in aviation. And here we are over 100 years later, and occasionally, when a woman is featured in a news article, she's still an element of novelty or curiosity. My guest this evening is Catherine Vinclair. Catherine, welcome to Squawk 7000. A future aviator, I believe. Yeah, one day. And the reason I suppose we're chatting to you this evening is your primary activity, which is as a producer, a producer of documentaries uh, and a camera yes. operator before that. Women at 36,000 feet. That's a title that I I'm, I'm presume is going to capture people's attention. Why, in heaven's name, are you taking on a project like this at this stage of your life? That's the billion dollar question, isn't it? You know, it came from initially my own desire to enter the industry. I wasn't thinking about making a documentary about this. I was just looking to see what opportunities were out there, see what I could walk into within the industry as a young woman. I mean, I come from working in a male-dominated industry, went into working in male-dominated industries like camera crews within films and music videos and all sorts. So the idea that that the aviation industry is male dominated wasn't a big surprise to me when I started to look into opportunities. And it wasn't something that really concerned me much either, because I, I'm one of those people that doesn't see it as a, as a particularly strong issue personally. It doesn't affect me so much. However, when I started to look into some of the stats, I was truly shocked When I first looked into it uh, last year, uh, the stats were around 6% representation at a commercial airline. And then if you drill down even further, airline to airline, country to country, those ratios change. And in many cases, it's closer to 2% or 3%. There are outliers, of course. But at the same time, I was really shocked at those numbers. I thought, well, gosh, women have been flying for over 100 years. Surely... This is less of a a novelty industry for them to enter into. Um, So it really surprised me. 
I thought, well, that's that's interesting. And I'll just, you know, it was it was bookmarked in the back of my mind for a few months. And then a couple of years ago, International Women's Day came around. By that point, I was following lots of different airlines and aviation groups on LinkedIn and on my social media. And I came across just the influx of polished, glossy, inspirational promotional videos that these companies were making, showcasing all of the women that work at the airline. And it was all very empowering and very inspiring. But at the same time, it seemed to act as though the problem was was solved and that the numbers were not as stark as they currently are. And it seemed to me a little bit of an oversimplification that didn't quite match up Mm. to how the industry actually is in terms of representation. So immediately I thought, well, gosh, there's this significant gap between what's being presented within the mainstream media and what's actually found within the industry. And that instantly became fascinating to me. Knowing that I was going to have this conversation with you this week, uh, I was doing some flying at the weekend and uh, some of the pilots around me were women. And I I asked one of them about this to get a kind of an insight Mm -hmm. into it. She said something I thought was really interesting. She said, yeah, it's really interesting. I look forward one of these days to not being a novelty when I say to people, I fly. 100%. Yes. I mean, this is something that rings true. Um, from the research and many of the women I've been speaking to, they're not interested in becoming female pilots. They're interested in becoming pilots. Their gender does not enter their mind when they figure out what they want to do for a living. They just know they want to fly. We all will be better off at a time when it isn't a novelty. Now, I know this is very difficult for a documentary that's not complete, but I'm, I'm curious to know at this stage, Will you be able to come up with some solutions or at least some some insight as to why this is the case? So with the people that we've spoken to, it's been a range of women from all around the world. And I will say there's no one particular place or one particular area of the industry or one particular age group or demographic that we've spoken to who've experienced more or less overt discrimination based on their gender. But I will say I have come across quite a few unfortunate stories uh, from female pilots of sexism that they've experienced from all sorts of people throughout throughout their training, throughout their careers. And this can range from little microaggressions, jokes that aren't necessarily funny or perhaps were funny 50, 60 years ago to a very few people, but definitely aren't for modern ears right down to far more serious things that involve lawsuits and all sorts. So I will say it is the minority. The minority of experiences of all of these women have been overt discrimination, active discrimination. And the majority have actually found that the men in their careers have uplifted them, supported them, provided them opportunities, training, guidance, everything that they could need. So I will say overall, the industry is on the whole, extremely positive and has so much to offer women and girls in training, so much. But at the same time, it's so important to not overlook some of the areas that do need improving and the issues that are still prevalent in the industry. We'll be back with more after this short break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Our guest on the podcast this week is Catherine Vinclair. And Catherine is the producer of a documentary called Women at 36,000 Feet. And, and Catherine, we're talking about the idea of, I suppose the other phrase that people like to talk about around this is a glass ceiling, where people can get so far but no further. This idea of a glass ceiling, it's it's fascinating because it depends on where the where each individual pilot, regardless of gender, places that ceiling within their career. So for some people... It's, will I get to train? Will I pass those tests? For others, it's, will I be employed at airlines or are they going to look at my gender and see it as something that might be a hindrance? Um, And for others, it's, will I, after years with an airline, have a chance to become a captain and go for that training? Um, We found examples of things like the time in a woman's life where she may have gained enough hours to start to be considered for captain's training after being a first officer at a commercial airline is uh, around the same time where women want to have a family and the biological clock is ticking in a way that will never affect men in the way that it does women. So there are definitely hindrances and definitely conversations that women have to have with themselves at quite a young age to do with families to do with becoming mothers that can definitely impact those areas. In terms of a glass ceiling, it's different for everybody, but it definitely exists for some. You indicated earlier on that uh, in some of your interviews um, uh, for, for the documentary, you've also had some women say to you that they would also share things with you off the record. What was off the record that wasn't going to end up on film? That's a tricky old question, Michael. It's a great one, though. The -the off-the-record conversations have been shocking, quite moving, quite difficult to hear. They've been the ones where I finished the call and just had to have a quiet moment with myself just to reflect on everything that's been shared. They've been the more harrowing stories of more, more obvious sexism, things that have been personal sort of experiences that women have gone through because of their gender where they've been discriminated against and they've just been shocked and appalled and really hurt that they are being judged based on their gender and not on their ability. These largely seem to come from the expectation that these women have, rightly so, that it's 2022 and they should not ever have to experience anything like that. When you're halfway through a production, and we'll talk very shortly about fundraising, because I mean, I know that's one of the other reasons that you're you're chatting to people is you've got to raise the few bob for it. I'm curious to know what would be your definition of a good outcome for this documentary when it airs or goes on social media or whatever platforms you manage to to get it to. What do you want 
us as the viewers to think, feel and know uh, after we watched it? I'd like people to be able to consider the global aspect of aviation and the fact that solving this, this idea of discrimination against women or any kind of inequality within the industry is not a one-size-fits-all kind of solution. And that regardless of all the areas that unify the industry and unify the women working within it, there are specific demographics specific experiences that are definitely more prevalent to certain geographical areas of the world. And that's because the industry is global, so it exists everywhere. But that also means that you get as much diversity of experience as you do pilots within the industry. What have other professions done? Has any other profession shown us how to do it? Doctors, medicine, the law? I'd say any profession that's provided adequate parental leave for anyone regardless of gender. But I will say it makes sense that women are given the provisions that they need to have that freedom to start a family and take the time to look after their young children without feeling like their careers are at risk. So any, any, any industry that provides that for women is one that I think is leaps and bounds above several industries where we find more discrimination. Do you still want a career in aviation with all of the extra insight that you've had over the last couple of months? That's a really, that's a really fun question. I, I do. I do. Because as much as I'm having quite nitty gritty conversations about, okay, how do we solve these things? And what have you experienced? We've talked a lot today about the negatives, a lot about the things that aren't working and about the bad experiences that people have had. But on the whole, even people that have gone through challenges within this industry based on their gender. They've had to go through discrimination at some level. They've also learned with those experiences how to overcome those things. They have found strength within themselves. And this is an industry that is full of men who want to support everybody in the industry and don't give a toss what your gender is. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I believe it is welcoming and engaging and progressive and inclusive. And I want to jump into that industry. Talk to me about some of the women that you've spoken to already. One, one person, one of the first people that I, I spoke with was a lady called Sharon Nicholson, who is uh, the, at the time was the chairwoman, I believe she still is, of the British Female Pilots Association or the British Women Pilots Association here in the UK. And the fact that stayed with me is that she's done everything within the industry. I mean, she's, she's taught hundreds of people how to fly as a certified flight instructor. She was in the RAF for decades. She's also worked in other areas of aviation professionally. She's run the gauntlet. But when she was my age and wanted to do exactly what I want to do uh, and get her pilot's license and begin her training, she wanted to join the RAF. But at the time, the RAF didn't allow women to join. And this is a woman who's gone on to have such a prolific career. But not very long ago, we were still at a stage where women were directly being barred access to entry-level positions in aviation. And I think that's been something that's really stuck with me. She is so inspiring for, for me, and I'm sure for anyone who hears her story, it's a great inspiration. But it's also very timely that she's having so much success right now in the present day in helping the next generation of pilots find their, find their path, find their route, but that not very long ago at all, 
she was facing discrimination exclusively because of her gender. And I think we, we, we do tend to, I think we can fall into the trap of feeling like discrimination is something that, that happened in the 1950s and then it just sort of gradually dissipated. And what we're left now with is just microaggressions, smaller scale mm-hmm. things. But actually, actually, it's, it's, it is still very prevalent. And reminders like that, I think, are very, very timely. One of your contributors mentioned to you, I think, that they were worried that your efforts might be written off as complaining. (laughs) I think because it's a documentary being made um, by quite a lot of women, uh, there will be people who just write us off as being nagging because I think that's just what happens when you're a woman and you try and make a point. There, uh, There will always be a certain very, very small, very small, slightly misguided part of the audience who who just believe you're having a moan and you just want to get on a soapbox and you just want to make a fuss because that gets clicks that gets views but i'll tell you what really gets views progress positivity we're not here to moan we're here to take stock of the situation as it currently is we're not going to shy away from the bad side of the industry but we're not there to give that a platform We're there to give a platform to everything that's being done within the industry, everything that's happening, all the change, all the progress and all the right conversations that are taking place for change to be happening at hopefully an even faster rate in the very near future. I'm thinking about, you know, you in 50 years time and your film is no longer watched because people would go, what's that all about? Yes, it's lovely that you say that because my personal ambition with this film is for it to be as irrelevant as possible as soon as possible Mm. because that is when we will know that the industry has moved on and that enough change has happened within it. If you get government's attention or whose attention actually do you have to get to to change that world? The aviation industry is vast, so it's not just governments that would need to take note. It's militaries, it's um, privately owned companies that will need to take responsibility on an individual level. As much as there's a lot that governments can do in terms of mandating certain changes at an industry level, I will say the majority of change hasn't come from that sort of instigation we found that it's come more from ceos of airlines Mm. and people within companies within military organizations deciding that enough is enough and that they want to have the right conversations and they want to start implementing change themselves on some small scale because the ripple effect of those changes can create a huge difference now we mentioned that you are self-funding this project, in other words, raising the funds yourself. Uh, I suppose that gives you an element of independence as well as a filmmaker, doesn't it? That was my first. What's the goal? How much are you heading for and what do you need? We are hoping to raise £22,000 and that will provide us enough to be able to go out and actually have face-to-face conversations, hire the crew, hire the kit and have first-hand accounts of these interviews of these discussions with the women from all around the world that we've been speaking to over Zoom so far for our research. But I'll tell you, I think we're all a bit tired of Zoom calls by now and this is not a podcast. Catherine, you mentioned that uh, so far you've only been able to really do a lot of your research remotely uh, via Zoom. Tell us about one or two of the more interesting people that you've spoken to so far. 
One of the most inspiring people that I've had conversations with, I think, is Tracy LaTourette. I always leave my interviews with her on such a high. Her story is so inspiring and her faith and belief in our production is particularly touching. My name is retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Tracy LaTourette, call sign Jackie O. I'm Colorado's first lady fighter pilot and one of the first women in the world to fly combat aircraft. That title wasn't something I was chasing though. The only barrier I was trying to break was the sound barrier. And I got to do that flying missions all over the world as a combat mission ready F-16 fighter pilot from my home state of Colorado, USA. My parents always said, do not pray for an easy life, pray to be a strong person. So I pursued a future defending freedom and democracy and attended the US Air Force Academy. Not easy, but definitely made me strong. I can't wait to share some lessons from the cockpit as you join me on the adventure of this great documentary. It has something for everyone who's intrigued by the skies and the heavens above. See, the world of aviation is still so new. Women weren't even yet authorized to fly combat aircraft when I graduated from the academy. So maybe your job doesn't yet exist. Maybe your perfect place in the skies has yet to be invented or discovered. My hope is that you'll hear something from one of us today that sparks a fire in you to chase your very own next big dream. See, we're counting on you. Don't just listen to us, learn from us. Apply your lessons from our experience, then follow your very own flight plan for success. Just maybe you'll find the inner fighter pilot in you. I'm Tracy LaTourette, fights on. That's Tracy. And another amazing interviewee we've spoken to is Nancy Rowe Pym, who's written all sorts of aviation books for children. Why do I write books about aviation? Because I find the stories inspirational. These women and girls find the strength and courage to compete in a male-dominated world of aviation. Not only compete, but they also succeed. Today, in 2022, only 5 to 6% of the world's pilots are female. Why is that? I don't have the answer to that, but I do hope, it is my hope, that my books and documentaries like this will bring more awareness and interest from the women and girls to fly high and reach for the sky. So, blue skies ahead, ladies. Hi, my name is Jenny Dillon. I am the first and only female pilot with a power and glider aerobatic FAA sporting license in Argentina. I compete nationally and internationally, and I hope this documentary helps you understand there is no limit of what you can accomplish as a woman in aviation. My name is Dr. Marilyn Germain. I'm a professor of human resources and leadership at Western Carolina University in the U.S. One of my research areas includes women who work in male-dominated industries such as aviation. One of the most eye-opening findings from our research is the deep-seated beliefs that men still hold about women who want to enter the field of aviation and the level of discrimination that women pilots and pilots in training still experience. Some women pilots continue to be catcalled, name-called, objectified, and even belittled. So the lack of acceptance and the lack of social support from aviation organizations, but also from flight instructors and sometimes even from family members is really, really striking. 
We also found that the physical environment, the cockpit design, is a barrier to women's success. So these are among the top obstacles that women encounter during flight training. And these obstacles often lead them to quit. So if we are serious about gender equality and addressing discrimination, and if the airline companies are serious about filling the hundreds of open pilot positions, then it is high time to shed light on the experience of women in aviation. Catherine, some great voices there. And we were talking about your fundraising. And I suppose to be fair, let's give you a good lash at this. How can people contribute to your film, particularly if they want to see it come to success? Where is it happening? It's all happening at flightpathproductions.com. So that can be accessed from anywhere in the world. And we have all sorts of perks available for people. (laughs) So you don't just get to help us uh, raise the funds. You also get the opportunity to see your name in the credits. Uh, You can come visit us on set. We're also creating focus groups um, to have open discussions at various points in production where people can see a rough cut of the documentary and discuss what they feel needs to be added to the conversation. Catherine, can we wish you all the very best with Women at 36,000 Feet? And thank you for joining us on Squawk 7000. Thank you very much, Michael. To get the news first, subscribe now to Squawk 7000 on your favourite podcast platform.